The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. And he went off with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed upon him. There was a woman, afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his cloak. And she said, If I but just touch his clothes, I shall be cured. And immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that the power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to Jesus, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you asked, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear, and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. And while he was still speaking, people from the synagogue's official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John the brother of James. And when they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and the weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. And then he put them all out. 
He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And the girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. And they that were utterly astounded, and he gave strict orders that no one should know this. And he said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the Lord's Day. We have come to St. Joseph's to worship, to adore, to praise, and give thanks to the Almighty God for giving us this day. He has clearly commanded to us to keep holy the Lord's Day, a day we focus on Him, a day we rest in Him, a day we look up at Him and ask Him to be the center, the standard of our lives as Christians and apostles. I'd like to start today's homily with a quote from St. John Vianney, one of our little saints right up there looking straight down at me. (laughs) The sign of the cross is the most terrible weapon against the devil. Thus the church wishes not only that we have it continually in front of our minds to recall to us just what our souls are worth and what they cost Jesus Christ, but also that we have that we should make it at every juncture ourselves when we go to bed, when we awaken during the night, when we get up, when we begin any action, and above all, when we are tempted. And that's the way we start every Mass. It's our shield. For God created man for incorruption and made him in the image of his eternity. The greatest asset we have is found inside of us. It is the everlasting seed of eternal life. The first reading is making us aware of this awesome gift and the dangers that attack it. I am destined to live forever in heaven with our Lord, but I could also end up somewhere else. Hell. If I don't safeguard the gift... It is possible to lose it. On Sunday, we make the Lord's Day the center of our week and therefore safeguard this eternal seed inside of us. What happens here inside St. Joseph's today is a roadmap for the week. The readings are supposed to accompany us and shed light on all the encounters we will have this week. Do you realize this? Do you realize the importance of the readings? We have to linger with them in our hearts and minds, souls, bodies, in our temple. If we don't, what are we doing here? So that by his poverty, you might become rich. Christ is our model and example of all we do. So understanding the heart of Christ is vitally important if we are going to act like him. Christ was poor. 
Christ left heaven and came to earth to be one of us. In his poverty, Christ is obedient to the Father and ultimately dies on the cross. Not too long ago, we were adoring the cross right here on which he died. So we are poor. We have nothing to pay God back for all he has done for us. We are beggars of the most important things in this life, spiritual nourishment. Coming to Mass on Sunday is our spiritual food for the week. Bringing your children with you is the best thing you can do for them. Jesus wants to see us. With this poverty, we can change the world. Showing up empty-handed will enable me to receive other people the way they have never been received before. Point to examine. How are faces, new faces, received in St. Joseph's? If someone who you've never seen before walks through those doors, even right now in the middle of the homily, how are they received? St. Ignatius talks about tantum quantum. Hold everything according to its value. Don't hold on to things of this world, but rather the things of God. We need to be signs in our world today that we are not caught up in the race to own more things. God is my greatest treasure. Is my life a reflection of that decision? God is my greatest treasure. Who touched me? Jesus is startled. Even the apostles were surprised and said, what do you mean who touched you? You're surrounded by people. But Jesus knew someone touched his garment with faith. Christ is Christ amazed by my faith? Do I approach him in prayer with an awesomeness? Does my faith come from my head or from my heart? Which, by the way, is the most complex battleground on the planet. This one, between here and here. This battleground is very complex. Complex in the most beautiful of ways. Jesus, teach me to bring my faith into the world where I live, move, and have my being. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to reach out with a helping hand. I want to fight for those who do not have a voice. We can think of all the pro-life work, which is another battleground. Don't be afraid, just have faith. It might seem too simplistic, and I grant you that today there is a need to be ready to give reasons for your faith. It is right that we should put words to our faith that help others see and understand. We need to hear these words of our Lord when we are in a bind or a difficult spot. It It would be fair to say that if we live like a saint, we are going to find ourselves in very awkward situations. And who will get me through this but Jesus? If I'm in that awkward, difficult situation in his name, you've got the trump card. Put it down. Our job here at St. Joseph's, Deacon Steve, our job, our job, 
and the religious education and everything that happens here is to shape our faith. Our faith. We need to provide ways for your faith to be formed inside your heart. And I'm happy to say there are many ways that this happens at St. Joseph's. And I thank everybody involved in that. From the ushers, to our religious education teachers, to our, just everybody involved. Even just reading. You are teaching, you are proclaiming the word. Singing. Goodness only knows how well we sing here. Thank you for that. To put it very simply, faith is the way we operate. Faith is the way we operate. It requires tremendous amount of detachment from ourselves. But it is the way that brings more peace to our souls than anything else the world offers. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. God speaks to us in many ways. He is very clear, precise, and commanding. But he also has a divine sensitivity. He knows we need to eat. His providential hand is always operating in and around us for anything at all times. There are many times a priest, as a priest, and I'm sure as a deacon, you find yourself not knowing what to say. And you ask the Holy Spirit for assistance and he always surprises you. You should keep this in mind as you live your busy lives. The Holy Spirit is waiting to be called upon. So I I end with a story. This moment of saying something of eternal value may come at the end of our lives. You know, this, this task of understanding the eternal value of where I'm going. In the case of my father, Michael, who died on Christmas Day last year, said to my brother, who no longer goes to church, so he was the right one to say it to, perhaps these were his last words on earth. So imagine my brother there. He's a great guy, by the way. And dad says, I am loving you and leaving you. Dad's business partner, Eon, came to the funeral and requested that he give a few words because they worked for 45 years together. He did a fine job. Dad always wanted to help Eon on his road to having faith because it would appear that Eon did not have much faith. Eon was not a religious man. So for the first time in goodness knows how many years, Eon found himself in church that day for my father's funeral. He died just three weeks ago. So in God's perfect timing, dad got his wish. So let's not, let's learn to, uh, this is a phrase from the psalm, you changed my mourning into dancing. Let's this week allow God to change our mourning into dancing. Trusting in the generous compassion of God, we turn to the Father and voice our petitions. For our civil leaders, that they'll enact laws that promote truth and authentic justice for a culture of life, we pray to the Lord. 
That God will strengthen the bond of unity between the faithful and the pastors of the church. We pray to the Lord. For blessings on all families gathered together at this time of year, for reunions or for a time of rest, we pray to the Lord. That people everywhere will have an unfailing respect for all persons from conception to natural death, we pray to the Lord. That the Lord, who is gracious and merciful, will raise up the poor, the sick, the downtrodden, and those most in need, we pray to the Lord. For the grace to live with a greater faith in Christ's power over sickness and death, we pray to the Lord. For those who are sick or infirm, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up, we pray to the Lord. Today's Mass is being offered for Raymond Foley, for the deceased members of our families and friends, and members of our parish. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let May their souls and the souls of all the faithfully departed. Loving Father, we praise you with our, our, all our heart, for you have rescued us. Preserve us, protect us, change our mourning into dancing, through Christ our Lord. Facing the altar, let us now join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. 